right, today on the Win Daily Show, I have Adam Ronis, fantasy sports analyst at fantasyalarm.com, on-air host with SiriusXM for over 10 years, and has been published in Newsday, the New York Post, Yahoo Sports, SI.com, and the Associated Press. Adam, appreciate you hanging out with me today, man. No problem, man. Good to be here. Always glad to talk some sports, some fantasy sports history of it. It's always fun. It should be fun, man. You've been doing this thing... Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, almost as long as I've been alive. So kudos to you for uh, being around as long as you have and, and continuing to crush it. I'm very excited to get to dive into some of this stuff. So um, I know you, you've paid attention to Win Daily. You kind of know a little bit about what we're, what we're trying to do here. Obviously, we're huge as a DFS. But one thing we want to do, too, is we want to make sure that people know who you are. We want people to know who the, the, the industry experts, you know, get to know the history, the people that got, got us to this point. Everyone knows Matthew Barry, but there's a couple other guys out there that are doing some cool things, too. But we also want to make sure that people are well-rounded human beings. So what does it mean to you to win daily? Uh, for me to win daily. How are you trying to win at life every single day? Oh, man. I mean, look, I just want to help people get better. I mean, that's basically my goal. I mean, this is always an interesting debate in the uh, fantasy sports industry, which I've kind of talked about on a couple of shows. You know, when you're looking at an analyst, does it matter more to the person taking the advice that they win or do they help you win? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, that's something that I pride myself on is I always do well in the industry leagues. I play in the high stakes leagues and I'm always going to be competitive. So every day I just want to get better. I mean, there's so many people out there now. There's so much information. There's new stats. So I just want to get better every day and I want to help people get better. I mean, that's the goal is to inform and give people information let them see how they can win, whether it's DFS, sports betting, which obviously has become big now, uh, season-long fantasy. You know, each day strive to get better, and it's working hard. You know, I think a lot of people come into this industry and think they know everything and they don't want to work. Uh, this is an industry where most likely when you first start in it, you're not going to make much money. I mean, you have to establish yourself. When I came in, no one knew who I was. I mean, I had to sacrifice and not make money the first couple of years because I didn't have a name. No one knew who I was. You have to kind of build that following and build that trust. And you got to continue to work at it. You know, just because, you know, you're someone that has a lot of followers and you're the top, doesn't mean you could sit and say, all right, I made it. You got to keep working and getting better each and every single day. So, you know, that's what I strive to do is just uh, become a better player, better, smarter person every single day. I love that, man. And you make a really, really great point is are you winning or are you helping others win? And I think that that's, you know, something I definitely want to continue to touch upon because obviously you need to win to keep up your credibility. Right. But you also, you know, your goal is to write those articles and put out those shows and those podcasts to help other people win too. Now, it, as short of you pretty much just on the daily side, giving out your exact lineups that you're putting out, how do you go about helping other people win and really understanding the process included on top of just like saying, Hey, I think this guy's going to be good. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of things get cloudy because there's a lot of good analysts out there. And if you just hear them speak on a player or something, you go, wow, that's pretty good. They don't know how to construct a roster. I mean, that's one of, I think the biggest things missing in this industry. And I see it when I play against these guys, they just don't know how to construct a roster. And I don't know if it's because they go, well, I pimped out this player and I've been talking about them a lot, so I have to take them. Like, yeah, 
do I love certain players? I mean, it's clear. I mean, if you listen to my shows, you see my writing, you know who I like. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, people in my home league know it. And then in auctions, they just bid me up. But you know what I do? All right, that price is too high. I will go to someone else because everyone has a certain price. So it's, I think with so many analysts out there now, I think if you're a consumer, you want to see the person you're taking advice from, take that information and win for himself. If you're following an analyst who continuously is not winning, I don't know. I think it's a problem. At the same time, though, I see the other side of it. Say that analyst is just giving you good information and you're winning. You're going to stick to him like, hey, this guy's helped me. I kind of don't really care what he does in his home leagues. It's about him helping me. But at the same time, though, I just think it gives you more credibility when you see this guy continuously near the top. And look, no one wins all the time. I don't care who you are. You're not. And I've always said, I don't win every league. People, sometimes people joke like, oh, you win every baseball league. I don't. No one does. But I am always going to be competitive. I'm always going to be near the top. I will never finish in last place. I won't be in the bottom. I think maybe last year in fantasy baseball, my worst finish was seventh place out of 15. And I'm embarrassed by that, okay? It was terrible. It was uh, the great fantasy baseball invitational. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but two years ago, I won my league. And what they did is they took all the winners of the league and put them in one league. So it was like a real good league. And I just got screwed with saves from the beginning and I was low in saves. And I fought to the end. I knew my team two, three months in, I knew I was in trouble, but I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna keep making moves. I'm going to set my lineup. That's one thing that bothers me too, is you have these industry leagues with no money on the line. And these guys will do it just to get the radio recognition when the draft occurs. And then two months in, they'll stop making moves and not set their lineup and then say, well, you know, I got distracted by football. Well, don't play. All right. There's a lot of people in this industry that are up and coming that want to make a name for themselves. Let those guys play. I just don't like people that quit. You know, that's something, that's another life lesson. Like, I never quit in life. I'm not going to do that in fantasy. I don't care if there's no money on the line. My name's on it, and I take pride on that. And some people don't, and I think it's excuses, you know. Oh, well, yeah, well, you know. Look, if you're full not everyone's full-time in this. I'm blessed and fortunate to be able to do this full-time for a living now for several years. So you want to say, I have more time because I don't have another job? Fine, but you got to make sacrifices if you want to move up and get your name out there. And I just feel like anything in life, just – don't quit. If you feel like you don't have the time to invest and you can't set your lineup, don't play. Simple as that. There's a lot of people who want the opportunity. And I just feel like I see too many people quit in industry leagues. I think it even does happen in the high stakes a little bit, not as much. I mean, if people are putting up $500,000, they're not going to quit as much, but it does happen. Just it's not as prevalent, but you know, I just take pride in what I do when my name's on it. And sometimes that's why I'm frustrated doing these free leagues because I do feel like, well, there's no money on it. Like, what am I doing? Because if I win, okay, I won the league and then people forget about it. So it really doesn't do much. So I've tried to cut back on that, but at the same time, you know, you kind of have to respect uh, the industry leagues. I don't want to sound cocky like, Oh, well, I don't need to be in this anymore. No. I mean, I still, I'm still proud to be in tout wars, you know, uh, and I've won that league twice, but the last couple of years, like last year I came in second. That's not a success to me. I want to win, man. You know, second place doesn't do anything for me. I so I'm just so competitive. I hate to lose. And it doesn't matter whether it's a serious XM host league with no money on the line. Uh, industry league is like tout wars of labor, uh, like fantasy football, the flex league. I mean, that league, I've been the number one seed the last two years and haven't won. I'm not happy about that. But if you just go look at my track record, you're going to see that I'm going to be in the mix all the time. I won't quit and I won't finish near the bottom. And hopefully people who follow me, you know, take pride in that and, and see too, you know, 
for some reason, and I'm sure you've come, people love rankings. They kind of don't even really care about your articles. I'm always asked, what do your rankings come out? What do your rankings come out? So that's another thing. When people follow your rankings year after year and you help them win, they're going to come back. So you really kind of have to establish yourself. And again, when I came in, no one knew who I was. I had the opportunity to be on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio since it opened, started in 2010. And I made a name for myself. You know, I, I got the opportunity. You want to say, hey, you were fortunate to be there? Absolutely. And I thank Scott Engel for giving me that opportunity. Uh, that's where I, I, you know, I was with uh, Roto Experts when we did that. And doing a morning show on national radio, you know, I had to prove myself. And obviously, I think I did. And I'm still here to this day. But that doesn't mean, oh, well, I can just sit back and rest. There's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of good information. You have to keep your game up and grind up every single day. Uh, I mean, even even with uh, OutSports right now, you know, you got to work. I mean, this is the time. Don't sit here or sit back and get fat and, you know, just hang around and do stuff. You got to figure out ways to get better and get ready for when it does return. 100%, man. That That is fantastic. That was absolutely perfect. And I think you make a couple good points just along the way. I'd love to touch on a couple of them. I mean, obviously – don't quit. Don't give up, especially because, as you said, it. your name's on something. Like, I, if my name's on something, I will – I mean, at a minimum, it's not hard to set a lineup. I don't care who you are or what you're doing. I've set enough baseball lineups in my life. You cannot tell me you don't have three minutes to just make sure your lineup's correct for the day. That's ridiculous. Now, moves and waivers and trades, okay, that takes time and that takes energy, but you cannot tell me you don't have the minute and a half to set your lineup. So I always hate that excuse. That is just the worst. Have I forgot once or twice? Absolutely, but I'm not going to go months or even just the third of a season and not do that. In my opinion, that's absolutely ridiculous. So I do appreciate that. And again, your name's on it. Why are you quitting? Why are you giving up? As you said, seventh out of 15th, I mean, you're in the top half of the league. doesn't really do much. I mean, but at the same time, it's still something where that's the worst you're going to see. That's pretty impressive. So clearly you're doing your stuff. And I, I, I love, you know, thank, you know, shout out to Scott. He's a good friend of ours over here at Wind Daily. And I definitely, you know, obviously you've been in this, this, this realm, this industry for so long. What was it like getting that opportunity with Sirius XM 10 years ago? As you said, that essentially the initiation or the, the initial push for fantasy sports radio, like how, how much did that catapult you in the, the fantasy industry? Now, as you said, having a, a, a sports show, morning show on fantasy sports, national radio, now there's that even extra level of accountability on top of it too. Like what was that like, especially 10 years ago when all this started? I mean, it was great. I mean, I think I do feel at first, I think I was, it took a while for my personality to come out because I think you just, and you could hear it with a lot of people that are on radio for the first time you are trying to adjust and you think too much instead of just being yourself. So it took a little while for me to adjust to let my personality come out. You know, I have a great sense of humor. I'm a wise ass. And we turned that into that show was like a morning show, Howard Stern. Cause we joked around a lot. We went after each other. We trash talk each other, but we also supply fantasy information. And one thing too was if you hear a lot of these uh, shows on, on fantasy, I feel like the hosts agree too much. And Scott and I butted heads. We went after each other. And it got nasty sometimes. But we always, after the show ends, we were, were cool. We just had spirited debates because he's very staunch on his take. I'm very staunch on my take. And we try to convince each other. And it got spirited. And I like that debate. It was organic. It was not forced. And I just think that's good radio. You don't want to force it, though. You don't want to go into the show and go, all right, you take this side and you take that side. Well, I don't like this side. No, it's got to be organic. So basically, 
So I was working at Newsday, newspaper in Long Island at the time. I was covering mostly high school sports. I did a little college and pro stuff. Got to go cover a Mets-Yankee game here and there, Knicks practice, Rangers practice. So I always wanted to be in sports, but I always wanted to do sports radio like WFAN. I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in 2003. Kevin Burkhart, who works at Fox now, was one of my instructors. He helped me out working on a demo. So I did some high school football in New Jersey. I did a post-game, pre-game post and halftime show, ran the board, took calls from stringers, basically like three, four jobs, one person doing it, basically breaking even because it was 60 miles from my house. So between gases, bridges, and tolls, I wasn't making anything. It was the experience. So I always wanted to do radio, and my college did not have a radio station. So I did the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and then Newsday allowed me to start writing a fantasy baseball column at first. No, I think it was fantasy football first, like 2007, 2008. So I did a weekly fantasy football column, and then I did a weekly fantasy baseball column on Sunday. So Scott Angle saw it, also heard me on Blog Talk Radio. I don't know if you remember back then, they had a fantasy sports channel. So a couple of the guys reached out to me, said, hey, we heard you as a guest. Do you want to do your own show? It wasn't paid or anything, but I said, sure. Again, I'm still no one in the industry at the time, just getting started. Yeah, I'll do it. So I did a one-hour show by myself and then a half-hour show by myself. Uh, so two shows a week. So Scott heard that. He saw me writing for Newsday. He said, hey, do you want to join Roto Experts? I'm like, sure. So started doing stuff for them. And then Roto Experts got that morning show on Sirius XM. And in fact, it was supposed to be Scott and someone else. And the other person bailed last minute. And they go to Scott, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? And he's like, I think I got the guy, this guy, Adam. So they brought me on. And I basically did the first two years not getting paid. Basically, only my transportation. So basically, I'm doing about anywhere from 16 to 20 hours a week on the morning show, not getting any money. And then I had to work at Newsday at night. So I was waking up, you know, 4 or 5 a.m., taking a bus and two subways into New York City from Queens, then going back from New York City to Queens, maybe get a quick nap, get something to eat, and then driving out to Long Island in rush hour traffic, whether it's Nassau or Suffolk to cover high school sports, getting home at 11, then catching up on all the day sports to get ready to do the show. And I did that for two and a half years, killing myself. Somehow I had a girlfriend at the time. She was pretty understanding about things. But the point is, you know, I had to sacrifice and I needed to prove myself. I looked at it at, hey, this is a national radio show and I have an opportunity here to prove myself, to show what I can do. And it was a sacrifice that obviously looking back now is well worth it. That's been another debate on Twitter I've seen over the last couple of years. Should people work for free? Some people are like, no way. Other people are like, you got to pay your dues. I mean, at that time, I felt like, yeah, I mean, I got to do this because if I pass on it, someone else is going to get that opportunity. And then what? I, maybe I'm not in the spot that I am in today. So, yeah, I was, you want to say I'm fortunate because, again, at that time and still today, not married, no kids. So, yeah, I can afford to do that. There might have been someone with kids and a family that said, I can't do that. I just don't have the ability to sacrifice that time without making money. So um, I, I, I want to say I'm fortunate in that sense. Uh, but I'm just thankful that it all worked out and that, at least for now, still have a full-time job in this industry. And it, it, look, it's it was fun. I am not a morning person at all. I've been a <laughs> night owl my entire life. I don't do the morning show anymore now for a couple of years. And I do miss it. But at the same time, I like to sleep. And I like to be up late watching all the West Coast games. I love it. I mean, I'll watch every baseball game to the final out, NBA, 
I just stay up late watching it. So I do appreciate the change in lifestyle, but uh, it was so much fun. That's the reason why I was able to do it. I was tired on the bus and train, but once I got my cup of coffee and that microphone went on, the energy in that room and the camaraderie that we had, it just made it a lot of fun. And that's why you do things. And I've always told young people, find something that you enjoy and pursue that. There's so many people that hate their jobs and I don't, it's always something different every day too about the sports world. Uh, and look, it is a, it is a grind sometimes. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not like other people. There's people who only do NFL and I know it's year round now, but they get a little bit of a break. I do NFL, NBA and baseball. There's no break at all, man. It's a grind every day. And there are certain days you're like, Oh yeah, it kind of wears on me. But at the same time you think about it, you're like, well, what about that person who's sitting in an office that despises their job every day? You know, I'm thankful that I get to watch sports, give advice, DFS, sports betting. Uh, but I don't have a break, man, uh, at all. It's just one season into the next. I mean, some girl asked me recently, so like, when's your break? I'm like, I don't have any. Like, it just keeps going. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate to really not fall off. I mean, you can get burnt out. Uh, I do try and take a vacation once a year. You know, last year. I went to uh, Europe for the first time, Barcelona and Ibiza. The year before, I took a cruise to Bermuda. I uh, haven't done anything yet this year, but yeah, I mean, I try to take a vacation once a year. Even then, it's still hard for me to get away. I mean, I'm still checking my phone, keeping up. I mean, I, when I was in Barcelona, it was game six of the NBA Finals, and I watched it live. The day I flew in, I think I stayed up all night. I think it was 6 a.m. there or 3 a.m. I'm not missing game six of the NBA Finals, so... Uh, the bottom line is this is fun. And I always encourage young people find something that is fun for you and pursue it. I love that, man. Like this is all you are. I, I can understand why you're good on the morning show because I'm all, I'm all jazzed up. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. And I love it. And, uh, you know, brick walls aren't going to stand a chance against me today, but I think you make a really good point. You know, you did, as you said, free work, like all you did was get paid for your transportation. And that is a very heated debate on Twitter, on the internet, wherever you're going. And I can see both sides of the argument. One thing I would say is if you don't want to not get paid, so if you do think you deserve to get paid, that's fine. But understand that those opportunities are going to be few and far between, especially in something like sports journalism. You really do have to understand markets and supply and demand. If there is everybody and their mom who has a podcast like myself, who has a blog like myself, who does all these things, there's going to be other people doing free work that are going to get that leg up on you. So if you're not doing it for yourself or if you're not doing it for someone else, you better be doing it for yourself then right? You know, you were doing it with Roto Grinders, but before that you were doing it for yourself. So either way you were doing free work, however you want to think about it. But with Roto Grinders, Roto Experts. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. Roto Expert. You get that platform. You now have more opportunities. So yes, even though it is free and you know, you're really just getting your tolls, as you said, or, or maybe just the bus fare, you now have this incredible platform that you wouldn't have if you were doing it on your own. So I do think that there is a huge amount of value in doing, you know, what we'll call free work, because if you think about it in just monetary payments, yes, you're not getting anything. But if you think about it in the opportunity of audience and honing your message and filling what you need to do and having a potentially being on a morning radio show for nationally and internationally syndicated channel, especially right when it came out, there is very few people, people would pay to have that, right? You're doing it for free, but people would pay to have that opportunity because that audience is way bigger than you're going to get anywhere else. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, you have to realize that opportunity at the time. And again, I was thankful. And, you know, now, I mean, the industry is even more crowded. So the timing worked out for me. I mean, I don't know if the same situation would arise today. Uh, there's just so many more companies, so many more people in the industry 
where it is much more difficult, I think, at this time, uh, because there are so many people willing to do free work. And that's the one thing about the industry that is a little discouraging. You know, I feel like with as much money as being made, there should be more full-time work. And it's just so many people want to do it. And a lot of people do this on the side, in addition to their full-time career. I mean, there's people, you know, solid names in the industry who have full-time jobs and just do this on the side and don't make a lot of money for it. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit more of a hobby or fun for them. Uh, and there's a lot of people like that. So these companies know that and, uh, you know, are able to get a lot of the work mm -hmm. for, for cheap. It is true. And it's, you know, that is what it is. And that's something, you know, hopefully we can, we can correct that. As you said, there's a lot of money in the industry. So I think a little bit more of it can go around, but there's also opportunities and yeah, man, it's fun. You know, if there was one thing I could do every day, it would be talk about sports, right? Like just let me pay my bills. And that's really all I have to worry about there. So um, as you were talking about before you do baseball, football, and basketball, and if I'm not mistaken, you dominate in all three. Um, I have tout Roy's written here in, um, in my parentheses, cause I want to talk about that, but how, you know, as you said, there's certain people that are just one sport personalities, athletes, whatever you want to call them. How have you been able to hone three different sports, especially in that, you know, that September, October crossover where all three of them are really starting to gear up or have all started at the same time? Yeah, it's kind of difficult. I mean, part of it is, you know, I've always loved those sports anyway and followed them. Uh, obviously, you're right. September, October is brutal, which is why I really have not done as many fantasy basketball season long leagues anymore. Because uh, remember, two years ago, they started the season real early. Last mm -hmm. year, a little bit later, but I think it might have been like October 20th. So, you know, baseball is winding down. And I have a, several leagues where it comes down to the end and I'm making moves and every decision matters. You have football a month into the season in September. And then it's like, oh, shoot, basketball starts in a week or two. And it's like, wow. So I will say this for basketball, I kind of like DFS. Uh, the most for basketball and sports betting. Like I really love NBA sports betting. I've got into it big time. Um, I last year was doing it a lot and this year a lot more. And then um, with fantasy alarm, we have wager alarm. And I think in late January, they started to ask me, they say, Hey, can you give us picks every day? I'm like, sure. So I think by the time we stopped, I think I was about 12 games over 500. So I was doing pretty well. I would give out picks on the radio on our alarm after hour show, which was midnight to 2 a.m. Eastern. And sometimes the benefit of that was we'd get the early lines. And, you know, if you follow NBA, mm -hmm. those lines move a lot. I follow it from the morning to game time. And there's a lot of movement. And I remember one day I said, hey, I know the Clippers have not been good. And that's another lesson, too. And, and I, people do this all the time. Oh, well, the Clippers burned me the other day. I'm not betting on them anymore. And they cost me money this year several times, live betting. But you know what? You have to have a clean slate. It's a new day. So there was one night I was on air. I'm like, wow, Clippers only favored by four. I think it was over the Suns. I'm like, I think that line's going to go up to like six or seven. So if you're listening now or if you're listening on demand in the morning, you might want to hop on that line. And that line did move to six and they covered pretty easily. So, you know, that's another advantage you have of looking at that stuff early. But yeah, it, it can be difficult, um, but and it's cut down on my basketball season long. It might only be one or two leagues, uh, but I do like NBA DFS. Uh, as frustrating as it can be for some people, I've always said, if you're playing NBA DFS and you cannot be at the computer one hour before lineup lock and follow it, don't play that day. Mm -hmm. You're going to get screwed. There's, I think they did a better job this year with the new injury rule. It's not ideal, 
But it wasn't that terrible this year for most of the year. I know the last few weeks it started to get a little crazy, but that always happens in March and April as teams fall out of contention. But I felt like early in the year, it wasn't too bad. We didn't get too many of those, you know, 705 scratches. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to devote a lot of time to NBA DFS, especially right before lineup lock. But sports betting for NBA, I just love it. And it's, I've been told by professional people who run services, they've told me NBA is by far the hardest sport to bet. It's, they cannot find people to give out successful picks. I found success in it uh, the last two years. It doesn't mean it's going to continue. You know, I, I started off the season poorly, to be honest. November, was, November and December were not great. And January, February were really good. And March was, I think maybe I was plus one unit early March. Uh, but there was a stretch where I started mm -hmm. struggling. Uh, I was doing a lot of parlays, man, and hitting like four and five team parlays. But I've said it, even said it on the radio, it's not profitable long term. You cannot continue to do that. I was on a hot streak. I was taking house money and hitting. But then early March, I started to lose a little bit. And you have to be a responsible gambler and understand, hey, you know what? I got to scale back. I'm, I'm just not hot right now. I got to pull back on the action. And that's where a lot of people can't do it. That's where gambling problems occur. And I try to educate people because, yeah, I was going on the radio. Yeah, I hit a 14 part late tonight. Yeah, and if I, guys, don't do what I do. I know I'm going to have to scale back. It's, there's a reason why they want you to take the parlays, you know, and I was doing money line, money line parlays on favorites. So I was taking like, you know, a minus 400 favorite on the money line, plus, you know, minus 700 and then finding an underdog or an underdog of the money line to push the parlay up to, you know, plus 300 plus 400. Uh, I think I hit like a plus 800. Again, that's not going to recur a lot. Um, and I knew I, I just, I kept winning. So I'm like, oh, it's house money. But again, you have to realize, all right, uh, starting to cool off now, pull back and just bet on individual games. And that was a mistake I was making. I got so enamored with the parlays. I was doing well. I wasn't individually betting those games. Obviously, a minus 400 money line by itself, it's not profitable. You don't want to do that. You know, you got to use the, the line in that. Um, but yeah, I just uh, kind of shifted a little bit more, uh, oh, not a way. I, I just, and regular season fantasy NBA it's not as popular as it was. Mm -hmm. And I guess part of it is the timing of it. And also maybe the frustration with the scratches and the injuries a lot. I still love it. I just don't do it as much. So I guess that's kind of where I scale back a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I just don't have the time. You know, it's like a week or two weeks to really prepare for that. And it's just, it's not enough. So that's where I kind of get hurt, but I still follow the NBA. And I guess I pick up that action with uh, sports betting and mm -hmm. DFS. And I think that's, you know, that's a good way. To, at least you understand, right? You have to be aware and you have to understand like, hey, I can't possibly do all of this. If you're scaling back to the point where you're still giving out nightly picks and you're still putting in nightly DFS lineups, I think you're doing just fine then. I think you deserve, yeah. you deserve that time. It also yourself. depends on too what the company you work for has to do. So mm -hmm. my previous company really didn't have me do NBA DFS writing where when I came to Fantasy Alarm, I started there November 1st, two thousand. 19. So just mm -hmm. started there. And they immediately said, all right, we want you to do NBA DFS where I wasn't really doing football. And I, maybe that was the, I mean, I was still doing football. I was like 12 season long leagues in DFS, but as far as content for them, they wanted me to start doing NBA DFS. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was doing, you know, value plays, their playbook, you know, giving out, you know, 20, you know, five, six plays per position, doing a write up, uh, doing live streams, 
you know, right before lineup lock. So they had me do a lot more NBA content for DFS. So obviously I spent more time on it uh, for fantasy alarm this past year. And obviously they wanted me to do some sports wagering picks as well. So it also depends on kind of the company you're working for, what they have you do. And so let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously, as you said, you just moved to Fantasy Alarm within the last six months, even though it might have felt like the last four years, especially within this last month. Um, but what what was the reason uh, for the move? You know, obviously, as you said, you were with your other company for a little while and you had your own thing going. You were with Roto Experts. What what have you seen as, you know, how, how have you seen these new opportunities come up? And, and I guess, you know, you don't have to get super specific, but what is the reason for kind of moving from one company to another for personal gain, but also for within the industry and, and how that works out too? Yeah. I mean, look, like everyone, we're all looking for a little more pay. So if you can get that, that's great. I think also you want to work with good people. Uh, you know, these are people that you have to work with every day. So uh, with Fantasy Alarm, I've kind of known them for a while now. Uh, the owner, Al Williams, always been great. Every time I see him at FSGA conventions, we always talk. Uh, and then Rick Wolf is a part of it. I've known him for a long time, and he's a great guy. And everyone that knows him for a long time says the same thing. You know, and I wanted to work for good people. Howard Bender's there, and we've always kind of gone back and forth with a little radio rivalry because I was hosting with Lisa Ann for six, seven years now. And then he started hosting and I said, he's the JV host. And, you know, so we always had like a little back and forth rivalry, but it's nice to see that some people have a sense of humor, don't take it serious. So we always had that. So it was really good people there. And I just felt like it was a good fit and, you know, it's worked out, uh, you know, even through these tough times, they've been great. So, uh, you know, I've always respected their platform. They also have a show on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio. So it was a good fit. And, yeah, uh, it's worked out very well. So I'm happy to be there with them. Happy to hear it, man. That's always very important. And obviously, as I said before, uh, you know, we we're all we're all in this together, of course, right? We're all trying to, you know, if we all can get more people to pay attention to Sirius XM Fantasy Radio, we're all gonna rising tide, man. Rising tide lifts all boats, and we're all gonna get we're all gonna be well from it. So um, you were you were speaking about it before for a little bit. Um, obviously, you start everyone pretty much everyone except for like two people that I've ever met started in fantasy sports because of the season longs. You get in playing with your buddies you know i'm in a league that's you know been going on for 10 years in in football we have another one in baseball that i think has been even longer than that so we've been doing this thing for a while it is a lot of you know there's not super amounts of money on the line but it's more of that pride it's more ribbing and you know bsing with your friends when with the invention of dfs and then the legalization of sports gambling how have you seen kind of your content and your i guess you know, brain space kind of move to these three different areas. Uh, obviously you touched upon it with NBA, but just in general, how have you seen it pretty much go from a hundred percent season long now? And, and how do you see that sliding scale working a little bit more with the invention of these two new products? Yeah, I think it's kind of divided maybe three ways, maybe the sports betting, maybe still a little less right now, but I see it growing. No doubt. I mean, I'm in New Jersey, so it's legal here. All I got to do is go to my phone. I mean, mm -hmm. it's amazing. And again, you just have to be responsible. Yeah. I mean, the, yep. you got the live in-game betting. Uh, so you, That's but, dangerous, though. It is dangerous. I, <laughs> I love but, it, I mean, but man, it's dangerous. And we've done it on air. Like, uh, alarm after hours is midnight to 2 a.m. So we'd be watching games and be like, all right, you know, it was one of the last games, Lakers-Nets. Uh, it was uh, – and we were all like, you know what? Lakers are going to come back and win this. Let's, let's nail the Lakers money line. And they came back, they tied, but they wound up losing. Mm -hmm. So you hear the sweat of us on air. And I think – People like that. You know, you just, anyone who has gambled a little bit knows you have that sweat. You're, oh, come on, get that rebound. Come on, miss that shot. So you kind of hear all of us with that 
joy and agony. Uh, so I, I do think we're headed in a different direction where I do see sports betting increasing. Uh, I think it's, and I think it's easier, not easier, but people have a better chance of winning, I think, compared to DFS. I mean, with DFS, you got some sharks, algorithms, people putting in 150 lineups. And I think for the common person, I think they're starting to get frustrated with that. And, you know, you, you can help them win as much as possible. They just don't have the time that a lot of us have to do. Whereas with sports betting, you kind of have a 50% chance of winning and it's against the house. And, you know, if you do enough research and follow, I think you have a better shot of winning. Uh, now, can you win one night, the five, six figures? Well, if you're putting up a lot of money mm -hmm. and, you know, your family might not be happy about that, you can. But in DFS, you can turn, you know, 20 bucks into potentially five, six figures. So you have that upside of it, which is still there. And I, again, I don't think it's going away, but I just think there are a lot of common people who just don't have the bankroll where I think they are starting to get frustrated with a lot of the sharks and the same people winning up top where maybe sports betting might be a little bit more better for them. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing we try and focus on here at Win Daily is really understanding that, hey, like if, if you're, you know, as you were saying before with NBA, if you're not ready an hour before to sit down in front of your computer and actually do the research and do everything, don't play. You're, you're wasting your money. There are other people that are putting in that time and that's what you need to do. And really when it comes to a lot of that stuff as well, we always preach like, hey, don't, don't put one lineup into the millionaire maker. You're going to lose. You will not win. I mean, the, the percentage is so small. Unless you're putting in the 150 lineups with the optimizer, you're wasting your time. So, you know, we always like to preach kind of how to play too. I'm sure you do a lot of that as well is really, you know, play a couple double ups, play a couple head to heads, build your bankroll. And then, yeah, when you're really feeling good about yourself, you're on a little bit of a streak and that confidence is flowing. You have that time. That's when you can put some money into these bigger tournaments. But build up your cash first, right? And I, I know you guys talk about that as well, which I think is really important. So it's always something that I agree, there are those sharks out there and it's a little frustrating from time to time, but if you play it correctly, yeah, you're not gonna make a million dollars every weekend, but you know, we have one writer that refuses to put up more than $100 or $200 combined on DraftKings and FanDuel. And he's in the top 4% of both on baseball and soccer, if I'm not mistaken, because he just does consistently and stays to the processes, which again, we all have to preach and we all have to make sure. And that's very huge in gambling too. I know that's something we're starting to focus a lot more of our time on because A, it's fun, right? Who doesn't love, you put 20 bucks, a hundred bucks on the team that you have no interest in. Believe me, you have interest now. Um, but it's really just understanding into the discipline aspects and everything else. So um, Adam, this has been absolutely fantastic. Last thing I want to talk about is what have you been doing in this downtime? Uh, you know, we all got a couple weeks and it looks like as of recording a couple weeks more. So what have you been focusing on and what have you been trying to do to make sure that you're, as you said, not getting fat and, and laying around, but really trying to put in some work and doing a lot more as you can? Yeah, it's kind of weird because for me, I have not been bored once yet. And, you know, I'm still working. So I'm doing about four radio shows per week. Um, still writing, doing a NFL wide receiver positional previews uh, weekly for Fantasy Alarm. I'm also doing a freelance uh, NFL thing that should be out in May. So I'm busy. Uh, obviously, it's a huge void without watching live sports because basically my schedule was built around sports, not only for work, but for leisure. I mean, that's the thing, too. That was always a good excuse with the ladies. Oh, yeah, I got to watch sports. It's my job. And they can't say anything. It's like, hey, you want to go to dinner? Well, I got to work, right? So I got to watch this game. So uh, it was always – it was legit, but it was also a good excuse too, in Very case like excuse. there was a real game you wanted to watch. 
Uh, so yeah, I can't believe it's been a month now. It feels like right. like seven years. Um, so I've been watching a lot more Netflix and some TV shows, but you know, I'm still doing research for NFL baseball. I have slowed down my drafting. Uh, a lot of my leagues were not canceled. So I did a draft on March 18th, March 22nd, my home league auction. They wanted to do it. I did a, a draft champions recently, but over the last week or two, I haven't done any drafting. Um, I want to see how many games are going to be played. Where are they going to be played? There's just so much that goes into it now because baseball, you know, Coors Field hitters get a boost up. What if they're not playing at Coors Field? What if mm -hmm. everyone's in Arizona offense goes up? How many games, pitchers? There's just so many unanswered questions now that I've kind of slowed down on that part of the drafting. I will start doing uh, best ball drafts for football uh, probably in the next week or two and then obviously speed it up once the NFL draft occurs. So at least we have that coming up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've still stayed busy, maybe sl slept a little bit more, um, sleeping a little late. I take walks every day. That's the one thing too. Working from home, I never, I'm a very active person. I'm not lazy. Like I'll take the steps uh, by the train station instead of the escalator. Like mm -hmm. I'm always just trying to keep active. I miss playing softball. That's the biggest loss right now. My softball season was supposed to start April 5th. Oh, Who knows about that? But sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, so one day, one of my ex-girlfriends was going through my phone. I was like, oh, she doesn't see those pics. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she was like looking at, you know, how the iPhone keeps track of your steps. And she's like, um, you know, you're basically dead. You don't do anything. I'm like, what? And I never thought about it. Remember, I used to be in the city, walking in the city, you know, just the little things add up. And when you're working from home, like I never thought about it. And I was like, oh, shoot, you're right. So I make it a point to go walk every day, anywhere from three to four miles, just to get the steps in and everything. So that's something that I make sure I do every day, which usually takes about an hour. And I gotta say, I think it's definitely helped with my health because I had high cholesterol for five straight years. And the last time I went and did a physical, they said everything's fine. So changing the way you eat, um, not that I eat, I, again, I don't eat a great diet, I'm not plant-based or any of that, but I cut out a lot of fast food, mm -hmm. less sugar, try to eat better, incorporate better things. But I think the walking was probably a big factor for that turnaround. So especially now with everyone indoors, try and take a walk, man. I mean, you can do it, wear your mask. And people are, I see people outside in my neighborhood uh, and people walk away from each other. There's not big groups out. So it is important to still get that exercise. And I know a lot of gyms are closed. So make your home into a makeshift gym and do whatever you can to stay in shape. And uh, you know, I live on the 15th floor and I always take the steps down. Once in a while, I'll take the steps up, but it's much harder. I did last week and, and uh, I didn't really breathe that heavily. So maybe I'll take the steps up more too. There you go, man. And just little, I, I think, you know, that's what it is about life. It's the little things like that is really, you know, it's if you don't take the elevator every day, as you say, you take the steps down. I, I challenge you to take the steps up every day now too. You know, it's, it's one of those things like I go outside and walk every day. I mean, right now it is torrential downpours. Yeah, in New today's Jersey, the day so I can't we walk. Can't, we <laughs> can't go outside today, unfortunately, but I think, um, over the weekend, I think I went on like three mile and a half walks because yeah, there was nothing on to watch. I finished a lot of my work early in the day and it was beautiful out. So take advantage of it. And I completely agree, man. Everything in moderation, especially when it comes to your diet, you don't have to, you know, we're not, we're not triathlons, you're triathletes. We're not Mount Mr. Olympia or any of that stuff. Just, you know, don't eat that much fast food. Try and eat green things and vegetables every day. And you're probably going to end up okay, right? It's not like, it's not rocket science to normal people. So I think that's very important. But Adam, 
this was awesome, man. I really appreciate the context and the content on, you know, where you've been and how the industry has changed and what you've seen from it. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully everything comes back soon. So Adam, where can everyone find you on the internet? Yeah, you could find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on Instagram at Aaron, A-R-O-N 88. You can hear me on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio, Monday nights, 10 PM Eastern. Lisa Ann does fantasy with uh, Lisa Ann. And then Tuesday to Thursday, alarm after hours, midnight to 2 a.m. Eastern. I do that show with Justin Fensterman. Uh, we actually do a lot of NBA on that show because we're both huge NBA fans. Uh, but obviously, we're doing a lot of football and baseball now as well. Awesome, Mel. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy it. Adam Ronis, appreciate your time today, man. Have a great day. All right, man. Thanks a lot.